Well, this morning, the title of my message is Pray with Understanding. <laughs> Pray with Understanding. Now, sometimes, uh, well, well, just start off with by thinking about um, whenever we have a prayer, our prayer is basically a conversation with God. All right? Prayer is basically a conversation with God. And there are uh, four divisions, I guess we could say, that prayer falls into. One is prayer of blessing or adoration, a prayer of contrition or of repentance, a prayer of thanksgiving and gratitude. Now, I would say, well, how, how is being thankful a prayer? Well, it's stated by you to God. God, I am thankful. So that is your prayer, just as a petition or a blessing or a, um, a repentance. And we say, God, forgive me of my sins, and God, thank you for who you are. Those are all prayers. And so, and, and the, the scripture talks about us being, uh, praying at all times, that, that we should pray at all times. We say, well, well that's going to be hard. I can't stay on my knees all day. Well, uh, God has a way of working in our hearts and minds because we're always thinking. I mean, you know, now sometimes you look at people and say, they're really out of it, you know. <laughs> there's just nothing. There's a blank stare, you know. Is that a blank screen on your mind that I see? Well, we're, our mind is always in, a, in action, and so we want to turn those thoughts into prayer. So if we're worrying about something, we need to just flip it, a little, flip it a couple of channels down and say, well, God, this is what's on my mind. And so we start going through that and what's on our minds and telling God. If you're preparing for a drive or preparing for a test or preparing for work or whatever the need may be, we need to just discuss it with God. And so we're running that through in our minds. And, so, and the last one is a prayer of supplication, petition, or intercession. So I handed out the top 61 examples of Christian prayers with memorization. <laughs> um, if you're looking for it on the internet, it's 61 biblical examples of prayer. And the first one it starts off with is uh, the Lord's Prayer. But we find that what these are, these aren't individual prayers, these are scriptures that deal with certain subjects. And the subjects are uh, 10, uh, let's see here, 10 prayers to start your day, 10 prayers of, um, about love, 20 prayers against fear, 10 examples um, of bedtime prayers, and 10 prayers of peace. So, and of course, the, the one is the Lord's Prayer, which we'll be looking at shortly. So, these are on the internet, it's 61 biblical examples of prayers, so if I hand them out to each family, and sometimes we wonder what we should pray. Okay, how should I pray whenever I go to bed? Now, let me lay me down to sleep. If I should die before I wake, wait, I don't want to die before I wake. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have these, what's that? That was a scary prayer. You know, if I die before I wake, whoa, wait a minute here. <laughs> should I be praying that before I go to bed? You know, it's, you know. So, yeah. so whenever we think about these prayers, and what, what this is, I, I looked it up, or I was coming, researching my topic today, and um, I came across this, so I thought I would hand them out. And you can look over them, and whenever you're just looking at prayers and looking at things, uh, what you need to pray about, well, 
10 prayers to start your day. Well, Psalm 143.8 says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. See, what, that's, that's, the prayer's already written. <laughs> All we're doing is reiterating what the psalmist and what the, the writers have stated in the scriptures. And these scriptures pertain to, in this particular place, 10 prayers to start your day. How about 20 prayers against fear? I guess fear is a pretty, pretty big topic here, you know? Uh, Psalm 55:22. cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be forsaken. Oh, stability. So you see how that when we talk about praying the scriptures, we, you know, it's finding and looking at the text of the scripture and allowing that, formulate that, and make it our prayer to God. And we can expand upon these. And, you know, you know this isn't the all end all and all uh, list. Um, ten bedtime prayers. Proverbs 3.24. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Oh. Don't practice that now. No, no sleeping. <laughs> so we see what these are, and I, I want to... If you, you know, uh, if you would, can't get on the internet and you would like to uh, have a prayer, one of these, just send me a letter, uh, drop us a note, and we'll try and get it out to you. And uh, I'm not selling them because I did not write them, so it's on the internet, so it's just something for you to look at. So praying with understanding. Did you know that there are, there's... There's a lot to do with how you think about yourself is how you pray. And, and this is just setting up for, I'm going to talk about the Lord's Prayer in a minute. And I know I've had a number of sermons on the Lord's Prayer, but this one's a little different. So just wait until we get there and we'll see, see how it all divides out. So being positive, being positive, a positive vitality. And I don't use the word energy. People talk about, well, I want to have a positive energy. Well, I know everything has energy, you know? The, even even the, the, pen, the bench has energy. It's called heart energy. Uh, <laughs> but we talk about energy, and, and people, they use crystals and all these things. It's like they substitute God for the, like the energy. Our prayer and God, God is not a, a, an energy or a force. God is a person. Not a, he's not a force. He is a person, that the person of God has influence. The person of God has feeling, that when you experience the personage of God, you can know, just like touching someone's hand, that's, when you hold their hand, that's not an energy field. <laughs> that's a person. All right, well, whenever you pray and touch God, that's not an energy. It is the person of God who lives within our hearts and minds. So I get... Very, in our, in our society, we have kind of a mixing of, you know, energy and prayer and sending positive thoughts. And, well, you know, positive thoughts are nice, but prayer is different than positive thoughts. So flip it to a prayer and ask God to be with the person for whom you are praying. It's positive, sending you positive thoughts is just a way of not trying to explain to people we really don't believe in God. <laughs> uh, we'll pray for you. I'm not going to send positive energy to you. 
I'm going to pray for you that God would touch you where you're at. That's enough of that because I thought I wasn't going to do that. But anyhow, because there, there's a confusion that people have, uh, especially in our society. Even as I looked up one of these, uh, was going through the internet on these prayers, there's a person in a meditative pose with, you know, and it's, it's a, well, it's a yoga pose or whatever in which they, you know, they have their fingers together, their legs are crossed, and they're seat, seated on the, on the ground. Now you say, well, that's all right. Well, yes and no. You see, when a person develops, has a yoga pose, they are seated on the ground so that they can receive energy from Mother Earth to flow up through their body and that they can allow the energy to touch all the chakras in their system. That's not prayer. That's energy. Is there energy in the earth? Yes. Is there energy in people? Yes. Do people with negative, bad attitudes have negative energy? Yes but I can't send you energy. <laughs> oh, maybe you can. I don't know. Come over here and let me slap you on there. That's a positive energy, right? I said I wasn't going to do that. So anyhow, <laughs> so ways to bring a positive vitality into our home. Focus on natural sunlight. Now, understand, pray with an understanding. Now, if you live in a cave, <laughs> all the windows are closed, all the blinds are shut, and, you know, the only light that gets into your house is the dim 20-watt that you have stuck in a nightlight somewhere, and that's the only light in your house and you're depressed, <sighs> don't pray to God to take away the depression. Open the windows. <laughs> Open the blinds. Let some light in, you know. Get some rays. So allow sunlight in. Open the curtains. So understand. Pray with an understanding. We have to understand that there are certain things we can do to make life better for us. Okay? Second, it says declutter. Did you know clutter causes stress? I'm not going to go any further with that. I just think as a man gets tools for... His birthday and Christmas, women should get sweepers and house things, you know, but I won't go there. Incorporate house plants. <laughs> People are wondering, what's he talking about? Don't worry about it. I, I got it together. Just follow along. So uh, declutter, incorporate house plants or flowers. Open the windows. Let some fresh air in. Get a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> Hang artwork. Invite nature in. Add some color. Did you know colors? Yellow is the color of sun and happiness. Blue is a color symbolizing confidence. Red uh, color symbolizes love, vitality, and trust. Green uh, represents nature, relaxes, and positive affects uh, the concentration. And pink, the color most often regulates the living rooms. <laughs> so you see, there are things that we can do that we are to understand. Now another one is, and then I'll get to, well, this is part of my sermon, but I'll get to the, t the scripture part. 11 positive thoughts for every day. Motivation. So again, we can't walk around with our, you know, our chin on the ground and, you know, the world is coming to an end and I'm standing on a banana pill and I got a foot in the grave. You know, you know, it's never been so bad. 
It's never been like this before. God has lost control. No. God has not lost control, and you are here and you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to pray. But sometimes we, have, we can't get started to pray because of the atmosphere we have created that we live in. Okay, nobody said amen. So, be thankful you woke up this morning. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Amen. Why should I be thankful I woke up today? It's cold, it's snowy, you know, the roads are bad, we got a long winter, we got... Hey, you're better to be alive than in the cemetery on the hill, okay? Just saying. You don't have to listen to people who spout hatred. Turn it off. Don't compare yourself to others. See, the trick of comparison is the foolishness of comparison is when you feel down, you take your weaknesses and compare them to somebody else's strengths, you always lose. <laughs> and when you rarely feel helpful and, and, and you know, really feel good, you take your strengths and compare them with their strengths and it's still not good enough. <laughs> Don't compare. You must take a chance. You have to go out the door in the morning. <laughs> you, can't, you can't sit at home... You know, it's like sitting in the driveway waiting for all the lights to turn green before you pull out. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Except that things do come to an end. Don't judge others. Don't do things for others that make you unhappy. If you don't like your job, get another one. It says if you don't like your job, quit. No, I says if you don't like your job, get another one and then quit. All right? All right, take control of your mornings. Did you know, I, I listened to a, an admiral or general, or he was doing his motivational speaking, and he talked about how that his new recruits and everything, every morning they get up, they have to make their bed. They have to make it perfect. You know, it just has to be perfect, and if it's not perfect, they're going to pay for it. And he says, the reason that that is so important, if you go through your whole day and nothing goes right, when you come back to your bed at night, you know that you did one thing right today. <laughs> Focus on the good things in your life, no matter how small they may be. Look at the funny side of things. Okay? There is positive self-talk. If you're going to talk to yourself, make it interesting. <laughs> make it worth listening to. You know? You don't have to tell yourself how bad the day is. You already know. So, asking God to take away one's depression while living in a cave of darkness, clutter, eating junk food, listening to hateful programs, watching depressing movies, and complaining about how bad life is, and how bad the neighbors are and the relatives are, and wondering why God doesn't hear your prayers. Don't, don't take my junk food away, you know? God, you can have it all, but don't take my junk food. My highly nutritious, microwavable meal. Remember the lady? I used this 
a while ago. <clears throat> the lady watch, looks out the window and she sees her neighbor who washes your clothes and hangs them out and she's always complaining to her husband, look how dirty those clothes are. Somebody should teach that woman how to wash her clothes. Every week, somebody should teach that woman how to wash her clothes. Finally, one, one week she gets up and she looks out and she goes, wow, somebody told that woman how to wash her clothes. She says, do you see how clean her clothes are? And her husband says, honey, I washed our windows. Sometimes what we're looking through is what is where the dirt is, and it isn't with someone else. And so being able to pray with understanding is understanding how what we see and what's going on. And so as I look at, I was reading the Lord's Prayer. It's in one of my journals. It's a prayer journal that someone got me, and it's the first one. And so I was reading the Lord's Prayer, and I thought, wow, this really goes along with Ephesians chapter 1 that we've been doing on Wednesday nights. And when I started putting it together, now, the Lord's Prayer is an outline. It's not like it's the all, end all of all prayers. It is, Jesus is giving us an outline, giving us a perspective of what we should do. And now, praying the Lord's Prayer is fine. You know, saying the Our Fathers, fine. Those are, those are good things. But praying is that plus a lot more. And so as I was thinking of it, I, I thought, well, let me try and see how this fits into Ephesians chapter, three, chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. It says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, <clears throat> when we think about this, our Father who is in heaven, in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father in heaven, praise be to the Lord, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's on to something here. God is our Father. That we are adopted in this, this, this um, Ephesians chapter 1. He talks about being adopted as being part of the family of God, about how that God has called us into being joint heirs. We're an heir of everything that God has for us. And then he goes on, um, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Hallowed be thy name, holy, hallowed, respectful, that whenever we look at our relationship with God and we use the name of God, it should always be respectful. It should always be something that is sacred, never flippant. It shouldn't be attached to anything that is negative, or completely uncharacteristic of God. So we are saying that we are looking at our Father and that as we see that God is working in our lives, we need to recognize that he has blessed us in the heavenly realms, our Father who art in heaven. Every blessing comes down from our Father, the Father of, our, our Father of lights, the Father of heaven. So we're looking at the blessings and where they originate from, and when they originate in heaven, they are blessings that are to be eternal. Did you ever think of that, that the blessings that God brings into our life are not just for the moment? They're eternal. And how are these blessings going to affect my life, not only today but tomorrow? Your kingdom come. Wow. Your kingdom come. Ephesians says, For he chose us in him 
before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Your kingdom come. That, and, and Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus, God chose us before creation. Let the kingdom of God that God planned before creation, your kingdom come, be part of the kingdom that God is trying to establish in our lives here and now. And um, in love, he, pers- he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. So God, has, God is adopting us to be his family and to be part of his kingdom in accordance with his good pleasure. That God has made me be part of his kingdom because it pleases him. Your kingdom come is that, you know, your kingdom come in me that it, it pleases you that I be part of your kingdom and to the praise and glorious grace which he has freely given us <laughs> because he loves us. So whenever we start looking at your kingdom come, see, understanding that our prayers are more, can be more in depth than just your kingdom come can also be, wow, I am adopted. I am the child of God. His love for me is limitless and that I am part of the kingdom of God here and now, that I am part of the body of Christ, Christ is the head. So we start seeing the kingdom of God coming here and now. Well, we look at society, we look at the news, and we look at all these, all the kingdom of God, no. Remember what we said, the church, Jesus Christ is the central focus of the universe of life. The body of Christ, the believers who are part of the body of Christ are the central focus. Everything of this world is in the peripheral because the world in this peripheral is going to work into becoming exactly as God has wanted it to be. And so I am praying that his kingdom come in my life and that I am the central focus of God. (laughs) Your will be done. Verse 7 in Ephesians 1. In him we have redemption through his blood. Your will be done. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The forgiveness of sins has come to my life. Your will be done in accordance with the riches of God's grace. He has blessed me from heaven. Your will be done. And that he lavished on us his grace that with all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. Your will be done. Wow. It was like, for me, it's like reading this. It's like, oh, wow, see this. Is it, is it seeable? <laughs> Do we see that, those things, that the will of God being accomplished by the wisdom of God being imparted to our life? and that the will of God is that he has blessed us in all spiritual ways, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 9, God made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure. On earth as it is in heaven, 
God has made known to us what the will of God is from heaven to earth and that we are part of that body and part of that will and that which is purposed in Christ. So here I am in Christ, Christ in me, the heaven on earth, the expression of God's goodness that he put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. Heaven and on earth? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Paul says that to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So here we are doing the will of God, bringing the presence of God to the people around us, praying for those who are lost, praying for those who we would perhaps give up on, but we know that God has a purpose and that we are an expression of God to the world around us. Heaven on earth, it's you and I. In him we were also chosen. Wait a minute. (laughs) That on earth as it is in heaven, we were chosen here on earth, but we were chosen in the heaven before there was an earth. He chose us. Having been predestined or marked out beforehand, he marked us, he, he called us, and he, know, he knew that we would respond to that call. Now, some, some you know, try to set it up as, in the sense that predestined is you don't have a choice. Well, again, I go back to that little illustration. You have a thousand, a thousand um, place settings in a banquet hall, and every, every seat has a name tag. And you go around the banquet hall and choose your seat, but your name tag is turned upside down. And whenever you sit down, you turn it over and your name's there. You chose to sit there. God knew you would sit there. So you made the choice, but God knew what it would be. That's what we see as being predestined. He marked us out according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Wow. Heaven, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that he works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Think, you know, that's, a, that's a, a powerful statement. We have the, the scripture, Paul says, that all things work together for good uh, to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's one version of it. But he says here that God works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. On, in heaven and on earth, let your will be done. Give us today our daily bread. You also, verse 13, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. I know that this give us our bread, daily bread, is a provision, the God's provision of us for our daily needs, okay? But also, we can tie this to the understanding that Jesus is the bread of life. That in the Last Supper, Jesus says, if you drink this cup and eat this bread, you do show forth my death until it come. (laughs) Give us our daily bread and God And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. When you heard, when we heard the message of truth, we are included in this this bread of life, that the life, the, the living word, 
that the living word is abiding within us and if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in us, he quickens us. When you believed, you were marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. That's what Paul says to the Ephesians. There is a seal on your life. The Holy Spirit has come to you and abides within you and that is a seal, that is a a mark, a guarantor of what God is going to continue to do in your life. And forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins. Verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped thanking, giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins. Did you know that there is a wisdom and revelation in the fact that when you forgive other people, you let go of those events and go forward with life? Can we have enough wisdom and revelation that forgiveness not only frees us from our sins, but frees other people, frees us from the the contact of uh, the, the hurt that other people have brought into our lives. We are allowing the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God and the spirit of God to cut loose those things uh, that would continue to reel us back in as if we were caught on a, a hook. But when we forgive them, we cut the line. Forgive our sins, our debts. As also we have forgiven our debtors, Ephesians verse 18. Forgive our debtors. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you and the riches of his glorious inheritance as we have also forgiven our debtors. Often our pain is an emotional pain as well as a physical pain. Let the eyes of our heart not allow ourselves to be caught up in remembering and holding on to the pain that other people have forgiven, have have caused in our life. Let it go. That with the wisdom and the understanding, wisdom and understanding, that we would understand what God is trying to tell us whenever he's talking about forgiveness. He's talking about letting go. And then, verse 13, and lead us not into temptation. (sighs) That we are praying that we would not allow the weaknesses of our life to to, to, um, bring us to the point where we would fall into temptation. So we're praying that God would lead us, don't let us fall into this temptation. Well, and his, in, in Ephesians, he says, and his incompatible great power for us who believe. His incomparably great power. Can you imagine? Lead us not into temptation. And Paul is saying, look at the incomparable great power we have in Jesus. Uh, That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. 
What a power. When we're talking about don't let us fall into temptation, we have such an inc incredible power that is present in our life to keep us from this evil one. And do you know the, the name for Satan is accuser? <laughs> so that whenever we think of being accused of our wrongdoing, <laughs> deliver us from evil. Don't let us falter or fail. Verse 22 of Ephesians, And God placed all things under his feet, meaning Christ. Deliver us from the evil one. God placed all things under the feet of Jesus and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You, I, are the body of Jesus Christ. And that whenever we're seeing deliver us from the evil one, God places everything under his feet. If you want to write the devil a note, put it on your foot. Put it on the sole of your shoe because he's under your feet. You see how you take the structure of the Lord's Prayer, and I don't, no, I'm not saying Paul did that in this, in this chapter of Ephesians, but we find how that pray with understanding that each of these phrases have a great deal of importance and power, more than just reading what it says, but it continues on out to a number of things that can be listed with each of the phrases. So, pray with understanding. Pray blessings. Pray repentance. Pray gratitude. Pray intercession. Let the sun shine in your home. Declutter, open the shades in the windows. My Father in heaven, he has blessed us with lavishly with his gifts. Hallowed be your name. You are holy. To speak your name means a divine presence in my life. Your kingdom come. The kingdom that is planned out before time where you chose me to be part of your kingdom. Your will be done. A divine plan in accordance with the riches of God's grace that you lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. On earth as it is in heaven, you made known to us the mystery of your will. Give us today our daily bread, our daily provision of spiritual blessings in Christ. Forgive us our debts, your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and love for all of God's people. As we forgive others, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Lead us not into temptation, that we may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. Deliver us from evil, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church. Pray with understanding knowing that God hears our prayers. And when we concluded in Jesus' name, we are handing our prayers into his hand to answer them for us. Amen. Jesus, we thank you for hearing our prayers. 
We thank you for your word and the life that you give us in your spirit. And Lord, as we have all these things out listed in this booklet of prayers of, the, of your scriptures, Lord, we pray that as we see them and as we re- recite them, God, they are your words inspired inspired by these individuals to write them. And as we read them, may we be inspired. Inspired to believe that you hear our prayers and that you answer them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen.